Hi, I'm Kerry Ellis and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. I am so excited to bring you this episode today. I have a blinding guest. She's one of Britain's most incredible vocalists that we have. She has done musicals like Memphis and Bodyguard and Cats, which is where we know each other from. She has had a career that, I mean, it, it will just blow your socks off. And she has a story about Prince that is just going to make you melt. As you know, I talk about the highs and lows and how this crazy industry feels when we go home and we put our slippers on and we have a cup of tea. And I wanted to talk to my friends and I cannot wait for this one. This is Beverly Knight. I'm so excited that you're here and to have you on. And to be honest, I'm kind of, it's a little bit of a bonus for me that we're in lockdown because you're kind of one of the busiest women in show business. And I don't think we'd have been able to kind of get you in. So I'm I'm kind of thrilled to have you. So thank you for coming in and being on. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Oh my God, it's an absolute pleasure. It's just great to be here. <laughs> Absolutely great. I mean, I'm good. I'm well, Um, you know, this whole lockdown thing is is crazy, but I guess it doesn't affect me in quite the same way as it affected other people because, um, you know, I've got a music career as well. So um, yeah. I've had a success with that. So I've, you know, got um, reserves to fall on. I just feel it for everybody yeah. else, really. But um I'm I'm good as I am. I'm I'm good. I'm just trying to good. make everyone smile as you do. Oh, I love your Instagram posts. You tell <laughs> me, and you're so bubbly and active and bouncing on your trampoline. I love it. It's brilliant. It's what people need, though, and I think it's what people need in our in our life anyway. I think with with our crazy industry, we're all yeah. over the shop and up and down and we are. highs and lows and all of that Absolutely. stuff. But I think just putting a bit of positivity out there, and you're so good at that. You keep fit, you, and I think that's become quite. Um, big in your life, or it seems to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We've obviously only just tapped into it kind of more <laughs> recently, but it seems to be something quite positive in your life. Yeah. Is that is that a conscious thing? Do you think to keep to keep you active or to keep your mind active? Or? I um I think the positivity thing comes from I think it comes from my parents. My parents have always been very positive. Um, you know, they came from Jamaica to straight to Wolverhampton. Got to get Wolverhampton in. <laughs> um, <laughs> we love Wolves. Wolverhampton. Come on, <laughs> Wolverhampton Grand Theatre. Um, they came directly, and um, you know they they were determined to make the best of everything, and um, uh, you know as well as they could. And um, I guess with with me, my older sister, my younger brother, they taught us to always think forward, always think the best of situations, always think the best of people. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, that whole darkest hour is, is the one right before the dawn. That was very much the way they saw life because it, it wasn't easy for them. Um, so when they first arrived, you know, being outsiders and all of that and looked very different from everybody else and, you know, the, all of that mm. stuff. Um, so that whole make the best of any situation and find, you know, find your way towards the light um, has always been something that I've grown up with. And I guess I've just carried it on my whole career and my whole Oh, it's lovely. Life. You're just a ray of <laughs> light and positivity. It's lovely. And you're always smiling. Whenever I see you out and about, you're always, like, smiling and happy. And it's just, it's lovely. Oh, thank lots, you. We need lots more people like you. Um, are your family musical then? Are your, are, your, are your siblings musical? Are you all in the business? 
Where does it come from? So, so, one day I hope <laughs> that um, I get to do one of those Who Do You Think You Are um, programs because my mum tells me that her grandma, so my great-grandma McLean, was a multi-instrumentalist and a great singer, apparently. Um, wow. And it's really funny because every single one of us who have come down that particular bloodline is musical, without exception. Wow. Every last one of us. Wow. To a, you know, a lesser, greater degree. But we all can sing and most of us play something. Um, I've got um, two of my cousins, um, Don and Drew, are in Grace Jones's um, band, her touring band, um, playing drums wow. and keys, respectively. Um, and uh, I've got my cousin in the US, same bloodline again, um, who is part of the uh, Harlem uh, Community Gospel Choir. Wow. And both my siblings are musical, both play, uh, both sing in, in the church choirs, their respective church choirs. My mum sang. Um, my dad sang as well. <laughs> um, oh, so amazing. It just, it's, it's in the blood. It is literally in the blood. I want to know how far back. Have you ever all performed together? Um, the smaller group, um, the ones who are not based in the US, because uh, the family's huge, huge family. And uh, <laughs> there's the ones in Jamaica and there's the ones in America. Um, but the London and Wolverhampton contingency... Um, yeah, when we were growing up, we were always together because we had that church thing. You know, I, I came through that yeah. whole church um, way of life. And um, my uncle was a minister and um, the others were like senior in the church. So we'd get together at like times like this, Easter, um, Christmas, you know, certain or birthdays. We'd get together yeah. and um, it would always centre around song um, and usually religious songs, you know, gospel. So we'd have yeah. to perform together because my, my my uncle, who was the minister, was like, yes, I know Sister Beverly is going to sing for us. <laughs> She's going to bless us with voice. And and like, I love am that. I? Uh, okay, uncle. <laughs> I am now. <laughs> I am now. So my cousin Don will be on the keys and his brother will be on the guitar and me and my sister and my cousin, also called Beverly, would be singing and my cousin Joanne and... And we'd have to do, we'd have to do it because Uncle oh, said that's so. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Did you always know that that's what you wanted to do? I mean, or, or, or did the mu Did you see yourself in musicals, or did that just come later, circumstantial, or was it's um, how did that happen? I always knew I was going to sing. I always knew. Probably the same same as you, because oh God, yeah, could talk all day about those vocals, girl. But, uh, <laughs> But I, I always knew, I always knew in one way, shape or form that I was going to sing for my supper. Yeah. I came through the the whole school productions and Amdram, yes. you know, all of that. In my yes. school holidays, I'd be off doing West Side Story and the Mikado yeah. and, and what have you. But I didn't know how it would affect me in my adult life. Um, I just knew that I wrote songs and I sang and I was the world's biggest show off. And so I'd sing in front of anyone and anyone. Um, and then it just so happened that I, I got offered my first deal when I was 21 and then that was it. And I never stopped running. I've never stopped. Oh, it's, am it's amazing. Yeah. Your, your journey's been incredible and you're kind of, you're, you're one of these people that just keeps 
keeps reinventing, keeps coming back with something new. I, you know, I, I constantly see you pop up. Do I mean, recently, was there a Drifters musical? Was that, haven't you just been doing something about the Drifters? The Drifters musical right? is coming. It's coming. It's coming. I'm very excited about That's that. It. It's um, forthcoming. It's going to be, well, it's meant to be in October. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's... You're rehearsing oh by God. Zoom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's how we'll be rehearsing. Um, so um, that's that's going to be coming up um, shortly. But um, we're doing, we've been doing workshops and things like that. And um, that has just been, oh, I've absolutely loved it. I mean, I've, I, I love musical theatre anyway. I've always loved musical theatre. It's always been a part of my life and part of my how I would entertain myself, you know, singing yeah. along to the musicals. Yeah. You know. um, so I, I just, I loved it. It came it came a bit later for you though, didn't it, musicals? Because mm. you were yeah. predominantly doing your music and super success. I mean, I loved, you know, shoulda, woulda, could. I love singing along to you oh, doing that. And some you. amazing songs. And then did, how did the first, was it, uh, was it Bodyguard that was the first one for you? Or yes. Was that, was that, did that come to you? How did you... Was that a bit of a game changer? How did that come about? So this story, uh, this is this is mental. This is the most mental story. So, um, the 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 first thing that kind of went ah was I got a script that turned out to be the script for Memphis. Now that was sent to me by um, lovely lady producer Lisa Makin, um, whose partner is Selene Henry, mm-hmm. um, who knew I could act. So. I got this script and that kind of opened something up in my head and um I knew they didn't have a they didn't have a theater or anything this was really early doors of the whole Memphis journey mm. but it was like something switched in my head and then one day I kind of parked that in my back pocket I was looking through Twitter hmm. 21st century or what I was looking through Twitter and saw that um they were going to do a total cast change for the bodyguard. And I thought, I know exactly who Rachel Marin is. I know the songs. Yeah. I I get it. You know, I think I could do this. I mean, it's the West End. So who knows if I'm, you know, capable, you know, my acting chops or whatever. So, but I, I'll, I'd like to give it a go at least. Yeah. Give it, give the audition a go. And um, I auditioned, and then three weeks later, it was like, "Yes, you've got the role." And uh, so, <laughs> oh my God. we're going to throw you onto the West End stage, and you're going to be Rachel Marin wow. singing these great big songs. And, and that was the beginning of it all. How did did you find it? Because uh, gigging and concerts and a show are very different beasts. I mean, you're still it's still you know sing a lot in in a in a concert and then a gig, and then you sing a lot in a musical and yes. eight times a week it's yeah. a different discipline do Completely. you find it harder do you find it just different or how do you how do you find between the two for me hands down musical theater is by far the tougher of the two if you're talking yeah. music and gigs and going out there and touring and that that's one thing you know you might do three or four shows in a run day off you know, and you're up yeah. there. Oh, I can't hit that note today. Throw the mic out. Give it pure Robbie Something Williams. Else. Let me substitute you have this freedom. note. You know what I mean? You can, yes, you yeah. can edit. 
you, you can, can well you have freedom don't you and a musical exactly. is very you're telling a very specific story That's from a right. very specific character and there's no uh, leeway for no leeway. movement <laughs> it's this is how you do it and once it's set that's how it is and if you're knackered well too bad <laughs> it's like dr footlights better save me tonight it is hard. you know it's the work ethic the discipline you have to live like a nun you know yeah it, it's not you rock do. and roll <laughs> it's not it's really not it really isn't the it's work not, and you've got to be present every night you've got to be there you've got to be on top of your a game without fail every single night eight shows a week and then you've got one day <laughs> you've got that yeah. one which isn't day. enough to recover it it's isn't not enough really. it isn't especially if you're doing things which are particularly rangy. And I mean, you know all about yeah. that. You've been there. Oh, my goodness. You know, goodness. my yeah. God, have you yeah. been there. So it is it is work. It is serious, serious work um, on the vocals, the, the, the your state of mind, you know, physically. Um, yeah. I mean, you're a triple threater. I'm, I'm a double oh, threater. Oh, no, you are. Oh, that. no, you are. <laughs> I can't dance. I can move and I can style it did out. Did you not do the... You must have done the opening bit in Cats, though. Did oh, you I do did. the little opening bit? I did. Well, there you go. Yeah, but I was you rubbish. I was total rubbish. <laughs> and it takes me half a century to learn any steps. Oh, I've never trained or, or anything. And, you know, all these terms, jeté and all that. I was like, ooh, jeté. what's one should, of them? Just so people know who, who people don't know, but I'm sure they did yeah. that, but... Beverly and I both did cats. We both played Grisabella yes. at different times at the Palladium. So we both played the same role and did the, the dancing bit before. Yeah. I, I mean, it's one of my best jobs. I it, loved that incredible, job so much. Incredible. Do you think, do you find being who you are and having your name above a musical, mm. how, do you find it a bit more pressure because people are essentially, yes, they're coming to see the musical, but they're coming to see you in a musical. Do you feel that pressure, especially like mm. you say, when we're tired and yeah. suddenly you can't go in and you've uh, and people have come to see you? How, how do you deal with that? That's a tough one. And I'm, and I'm glad you asked that one, Kerry, because it's it's not easy. Um, you do feel the pressure. Um, any, any performer, you know, whether you're ensemble or whether you're swinging or whatever it is, if you're in a show, you know, there is that pressure to... To not only be on stage, but to absolutely a game, full out, as Jerry Mitchell's always saying, yeah. full out, full out. Full um, out. <laughs> you know. But then when you're a name, the way that that we are, you you know, you know people have come to see you. And if one day you wake up and you're like, oh my God, my voice has departed. You know, I have, I've, <laughs> which it does. Which it does. You know, I've got laryngitis, I've got bronchitis, or whatever it is. You, as the performer, you're desperate to get out there. You're like, oh, yeah. is there a way that I can call, kind of yes. sort of style it? Can I get away with it? Can I? And the doctor's like, no, you can't go home, yeah. sit down, it's shut up. It's so hard. And then you know, you've got Mr. and Mrs. Angry on Twitter going, well, I came to see Beverly and Beverly wasn't yeah. there. And, you know, it's a disgrace. And da, 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 and you're like, I, I, I can't speak. It's you know, hard, it's so hard. It? But you understand the frustration, but it is it is a difficult one. So m- invariably, um, people like us, 
we'll drag ourselves on stage and <laughs> do it. And we damn well know we shouldn't be on the stage because we're not yes. well enough, but we still do it because we love it. We love yes. it and we're part do of the family. Respond? Do you respond to anybody that, do you respond to anybody that, that finds you on social media? Because mm. again, we're so much more accessible now. Yeah. Before with stage doors, you, you might see somebody at the stage door or they could write you a letter. Maybe, exactly. But now we're very, they can, literally you can get off stage and have a, hundred messages of yeah. people mainly saying love the show exactly you are accessible do you respond to them um only on occasion <laughs> only on occasion mostly um when people are lovely oh i'm all over that of course I'm, of course yeah, I'm, thank of you course. so much when people are saying oh but i went to the show and you weren't there sometimes i'll say oh i'm so sorry you know I'm ill. I hope you got the little white paper that they often slip in to say, you know, mm. in tonight's performance, the role of Felicia Farrell will be played by whoever. Um, so I'll, I'll do that. But if they're just, if they're nasty with it, I'll be like, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what for? Yeah, just absolutely. ignore it. I'll, I'm more the kind of person who will get involved if I see somebody else being attacked. I remember in Memphis... Matt Cardle finished oh, the show. I love Matt. Oh, Matt, isn't he a he's diamond? He's brilliant. Isn't, isn't he? he wonderful? Isn't he? He's so wonderful. And he's yeah, so he's humble. Brilliant. His spirit is beautiful. Yeah. I remember him finishing the show and getting in an ambulance and then going to <gasps> hospital. He was in agony. He's back. He was in absolute agony. But of course, he could sing it. Um, he couldn't really dance it. I mean, he was doing his best, but, you know. People have come to hear him sing, really. And so yeah. and he left and went ambulance. People had come to stage door to to, you know, say hello and what have you. Giving him grief. Giving the poor boy grief. I stood at stage door and you weren't there and where were you? And I was like, Oh, you kid you saw the ambulance. You would have said oh if you were at stage goodness. door, you'd have seen the ambulance take the poor lad away. Wow. Are you mad? So there's a couple of times where things like that have happened and I've been like, nope. I've been furiously typing away. Like, I'm not having that. <laughs> Keyboard warrior. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not having it. <laughs> oh, it's hard, isn't it? It's it's so difficult. It is difficult. And a lot of the reason I wanted to kind of do this podcast was yeah. to take advantage of, of people kind of having a moment to actually talk yeah. and discuss, yeah. Yeah. you know, the good and the bad times. And I... I for me, I've been talking a lot recently about mm. there's we all do these amazing or a lot of us do these incredible jobs where you're surrounded yeah. by amazing people yeah. and you have these brilliant moments. But then afterwards, and I've spoke about this with huge celebrated people and also people that are jobbing and working yeah. hard and everybody seems to deal with it. But the aftermath of, of a big job at the come down of it before the next thing but going back to your house on in your day-to-day -day yeah. and your family and yes it's a priv it, we all love to be with our loved ones and that Absolutely. is a, an amazing time yeah. yeah but that moment and that balance between it being in front of thousands of people and being mm. a superstar and then being a normal person going to the supermarket yes yeah how you deal with that and and it's it's something that baffles me because I I do have I do have those moments and my husband's yeah, like course. you need to go and do a show you need to go and sing because you're you're not you're you're not your normal self 
And yeah. that's been more apparent, especially now in this lockdown. Oh my um, God, hasn't it? I was Isn't it having mad? a meltdown just because I wasn't performing. And he said, not... you've got to do something. Yeah. So I did. I did a quick live and then I was kind of fine again. Yes, I just did. wondered if if you go through that, if you have those moments, because you, you've done some amazing things. You've played arenas and played... You played on West End. You've had albums out. You go on telly. You do all these incredible, massive mm. performances. But how's the after bit? How do you feel? Oh, the after bit can be... The, that's when you really have to test your character because... <laughs> ooh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. The, you, you go on stage and you do your thing and there's all this adulation and everybody's loving you and, oh, Beverly, oh. Yeah. You know, whether it's a uh, a show in the West End or whether it's the O2 or wh- whatever it might be. And then, you know, you've got that whole process of becoming Bev again, as opposed to Beverly yeah. Night, you know. Yeah. And I found a ritual over the years to help me do that transition, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so first thing I do and this is everyone who knows me is going to laugh when they hear this this. the (laughs) first thing I do when I go into my dressing room is I put the kettle on I'm such a granny oh my god I'm a granny I I have to have my tea I love my cup of tea I love my (laughs) cup of tea but it's the most normalizing thing that I can do which is so immediate so kettle goes on while the kettle's boiling makeup off you know Mm. so we begin that process of just becoming the normal person and then typically I'll go home in the bath you know put on whatever some music or 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 catch up on the news or something ordinary yeah and that helps me to just kind of do that whole transition from the superstar singer whatever um to just being Mrs. Beverly O'Keefe, you know, who has to go to Sainsbury's tomorrow and and get some few bits at the shop or or go down the road to the the gym, you know, in my rubbish sweat clothes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So those those things are really important because that's when you know whether you can handle it because fame is a funny, funny beast. I mean, you, you know one minute people are your friend and they're on side with you and the next minute you know they're not sure about you because you said one thing that they don't like on Twitter (laughs) or you've done an interview and they don't like what you said you know so it can be a very fickle thing so you have to know that you're doing this because you love it not Mm. for any other reason so that when you're in your civvies Mm. You still love it. <laughs> you yes, know, you, absolutely. It, absolutely. That's the thing for me. I'll be back to Bev in a minute, but just to remind you to please subscribe to this podcast if you're enjoying yourselves. And also, if you fancy it, maybe leave me a five star review on the Apple Podcast Store because it really helps. To get a bit of balance in your life, yeah. and, ha- and do you consciously plan? Um, like downtime or breaks or it or because it's such a strange industry mm. and we we are waiting for the phone to go essentially um, yes you just kind of say yes and get and make yourself uber busy or do you make sure that how do you deal with your balance I mean how do you make a balance um 
I used to be rubbish at the balance. I used to just be like, work, 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 work. And that was it. And that was, if I'm honest, easier before I met my husband. Because if you're either in a more casual relationship or you're not in a relationship, just work. And, you know, if if it's there, you take it you, and keep it moving. Yeah. Now that there's me and James to think about, we will consciously be like, right, we're going to go and see your parents today. Right. We're going to go to Wolverhampton, hang out with yeah. my family today. We're going to go and take this long weekend to wherever. We're going to go on a proper holiday. I just never used to really be fussed about going on holiday. You know, yeah. I just was like, yeah, whatever. Because I never saw what I did as work because yes. I loved it so much. Yes. You're laughing because you know. You know. I know. I do. It, it I can... defines you so much that you just never think of it as being um, something that you do need to take time away from. And yeah. now that I, it's not just me, it's me and James. Now that I'm thinking all the time of the two of us, I'm much more conscious of making sure that I have clear time to do things yeah, with him, important. whether it's go for a meal or go to the cinema or go and see another musical or whatever it might be. Yeah. I always now build in that time. And um, I think my life is a lot better for it. Yeah. Yes. I th- yeah. I think, I think especially at the moment, people are finding themselves suddenly at home with their loved ones a lot more than yeah. they obviously have ever been and exactly it's a, real, it's a real testament to find out actually who we are as our home people yeah. in it and how that and how we are as partners and wives and husbands and mothers totally and, you know it's yeah mad. it is because we're not on we're not we don't have to be on that's we're it just, that's it we it just are strange yeah um, a little thing that popped up on my uh, on my Instagram recently that you did with um, with Gary Barlow, uh, oh, the duet hey. thing that he did, yeah, and I loved it. And I, I what I loved more the, the fact that you sang it and blew the blooming roof off my own home oh, bless was you. just amazing. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan. I always have been a big fan oh, of you. Thank you, as I am of you. Well, you know, oh. anyway. <laughs> um, but I, but I loved that. I just I loved that. People are, are reaching out, and and it's almost like we can't stop the creative. We have to, yes. we have to keep doing it. And I love yeah. that he's reaching out to people, and I love that everybody's doing it back. But there was another video. It must have been your husband posting. I didn't see who posted it, but it was a mm. videoing you, videoing with Gary, and just yeah, pure it was joy. James. Doing oh. your trackies and just <laughs> just singing away, and it was just like, oh, this is. It's in our blood. We live it. And it was just yeah. it was beautiful. And I loved it. I loved it. Oh, but that, that was James. And I didn't even know he was filming. It was and great. You could just see this kind of finger going and going. Amazing. Oh, bless him. Oh, and the I dog was it. running around. And I, I was loved like, it. It, it, it. And the house was a mess. I was like, oh, I really filmed. And it was so messy. <laughs> But oh, my husband has a go at me for things like that. He says, why didn't you clear all the mess away? I said, I didn't really even notice it. Did you don't even notice it. my mind. What was important yeah. was it what I was doing in that moment. Oh, it's same. Great. So you have lots of amazing things coming up, like uh, the Cinderella film, um, a new album. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it, how you fit it all in, I do not know. What do you think, what do you think the highest point has been so far? emotionally physically 
mentally, oh. what, what what do you think? I, I, mean, I know it's hard to pinpoint one thing, but maybe there's a moment. If I'm honest, if I'm honest, for me, this is actually the easiest question because singing with my hero of heroes, Prince. <gasps> I forgot you did I, I can't. I, ca- I cannot even. Oh, my God. That was, that was everything. It was yeah. everything. Um, first, I opened for him at the O2, which to me was enough because, you know, this man has been my hero since I was nine. Yeah. I, I, I modelled my, my band on him, the way I would arrange my background vocals on my records. Anytime I got stuck in the studio, I was like... What would Prince do? You know, that was my, he was my I go-to. I love that. What would Prince do? That's going to be a t-shirt. What that's going to be, a, that's going to be a book, surely. What would Prince do? Exactly. I mean, everything of my life. I drove, even the teachers at school, I drive mad with Prince. Just Prince was everything. And, um, you know, years later, I get to open for him. But then I come off stage and he's like, I want you to sing with me at my after show party that I'm doing next door this is I'm at the O2 so he's doing an after show party at the Indigo which is the club in the O just around the corner type thing and so I do that and I think okay that's it my life nothing will ever be better than this this is the most perfect thing that's ever happened to me but then the following February, he phones... Well, he doesn't phone me. He gets... Um, <laughs> one of, yeah, hi, babe, it's pretty. Um, he gets one of his team... I love that. He gets one of his he team to done. phone me. He should have done, shouldn't he? Um, phones me to say, oh, I want you to come to LA with me. Um, uh, yeah, I, I need to talk to you. Uh, okay. I get on a flight. I get to LA. He's paying for it all, puts me up in the hotel. And I'm like, okay, I'm here. So what happens now? And I don't hear anything. And then I get a phone call. you got to get ready because you're going to be taken out. I'm like, okay. So I get taken. This limo comes, takes me off. It drops me off at Elton John's party. It's the Oscars. I hadn't oh even I hadn't even realised. His Oscars, you know, he does that Oscars viewing yes, party thingy. Yeah. I get dropped off there. I'm like... <laughs> Uh, hello everyone and then Prince walks in and says oh well yeah this is cool and um I'm gonna take you to another party now so we go back in this limo he's playing me demos and do you like this song do you like this song I'm like Jesus Christ Prince is playing me his demos (laughs) (laughs) and then we drive 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 go to the Hollywood Hills and it's his house that he has rented he's throwing a party his own Oscars party and the reason he'd flown me all that way is because he wants me to sing at it so the great and good of Hollywood is there you, the, oh uh, the, the um, Coen brothers had just won the Oscar for No Country for Old Men they're there oh. with their statuettes and Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz and <gasps> flipping Spike Lee and Chris Tucker and all these people and then there's me. <laughs> oh, me. my gosh. And I'm on stage with Prince and I'm singing, Rock Steady, baby. And it, I can't even. Oh, there's my God. nothing on. If I die tomorrow, that happened. <laughs> them ones. It was one of them ones. Insane. incredible. Oh, my. And how, and how was, was, how was the kind of downtime when it when you were like when you were in the car just chatting and just like well th- this is the weird thing when I was 
with Prince and we were just talking. We talked, you know, musicians to musician, or shall I say, you know, musician to total genius. You know, so, but it's <laughs> having this conversation with this man, just like chatting away and and because we were on on a similar because it was it was a, a ground that I understood, I could speak to him normally. Yeah. And, you know, it was after the event that I lost my mind. I mean, I okay. lost it. I got back after this party, which finished at like eight in the morning. And oh, my God. Back to, oh <laughs> went back to God. the hotel. Uh, Sorry, no. Prince, can I go and have a nap? I'm exactly. <laughs> I go back to the hotel. Of course, it's eight hours behind um, the UK. So I knew I could pick up the phone. So I start phoning everyone I know and I'm crying <laughs> and I'm falling apart. And I'm so when I'm with him, I'm fine. The minute I was out of his presence, I was a wreck and I just couldn't believe any of it, any of it. That must have been, <laughs> that must have been incredible. And, and also quite dramatic to deal with afterwards because yeah. again, the, the, the reality of that, I mean, we talked about, yeah. you know, coming coming down after those big gigs I mean that's yeah. monumental I mean that's that's so dramatic I did you have any interaction after that was did you have any any more um phone calls or or, or performances after yeah that? um I didn't perform again with him after that but the phone would ring and um it would be like hi this is Kathy from Prince's office um can I put you through and I'm like yes <laughs> and then he's okay, just yes. phone to just talk oh, about goodness. music wow and mostly I was just doing the listening and he was just talking and wow just to impart his wisdom I'm like, oh. I, when I think you could tell by the yeah, way I'm talking to you amazing. now that I'm still a bit like did that really happen How? or am I nuts that's incredible <laughs> that's uh, oh it's my goodness I didn't know that I, did, I think I'd heard yeah. you talk about, obviously talk about Prince, but I didn't know that yeah. that was the story. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so completely... And I know it happened. I've got ev- I've got evidence of it because <laughs> the recording of us <laughs> singing together is on Spotify. Oh, <laughs> so... That's it, I'm checking it out. It's actually, I've got it. I've got it. Oh, yeah, I'm not credited, amazing. whatever, but it's me. <laughs> how brilliant, how magical. Yeah. Oh, that's what we live for, those, those kind of special moments. <laughs> those, those are the moments. Those things that you yeah. don't even see happening or see, or see coming are just yeah. the best. But it must be the same for you. I know, you, I know you're going to move on to something else, but it must be the same for you because, like, okay, you're in We Will Rock You and now you've got this amazing connection and friendship with Dr Brian May. Are yeah. you kidding me? It is, and it's, it's interesting. Hell? I think it, it becomes so, it becomes, like you saying about talking to Prince, it, it very normal. It becomes very normal very quickly. Yeah. It's very yeah. odd. And the same with Brian. I mean, I've known Brian probably nearly 20 years now, and it it, it became very normal very quickly. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I'm forever grateful. And it, and it still blows, it blows my mind more now when I see him, it pop up on the telly or I see him um, doing something with Adam Blanbert in, in an arena. If I go and see him live doing something, it freaks me out. But when we're just yeah, chatting yeah. in the studio, it's it's perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly, exactly. Uh, it is it is a madness. It's what we madness. do it for, though. It's what we do it. They're <laughs> precious moments. Okay, so, we... so yeah. now to a, at the other the other end of this, of this, of the line, what's... What's your lowest point? What was your kind of hardest moment, your toughest point? 
The toughest point was um, when the album Affirmation came out and um, I was already in a really dark place because I'd just lost my best friend, Tyrone. Um, He died of complications from AIDS. And um, I'd written so many songs about him on that album, but the first single needed to be something fun and up and, you know, and musically I wanted to expand. I thought I've got three albums um, under my belt now. I really want to expand. I want to grow. I want Mm. to progress, you know, come out of the box, if you know what I mean. Mm. And um, so Come As You Are comes out the the first single and it's, it's a big, big, big single, big top five single, but I got a hell of a lot of backlash because the sound of it had more of a rock kind of feel, like light rock, like mm. barely rock, yeah. hardly queen, but it was, <laughs> you know, it, it had a little bit of a rock feel as opposed to straight up soul R&B. And my God, the kind of whole R&B fraternity, the urban world, whatever, just turned on me and it wow. was vicious and it was just unrelenting and where they led um some of the other magazines that perhaps didn't really understand soul music anyway and certainly didn't understand music in its wider form they then followed and that was a hard thing to deal with because everything had been rosy in the garden up until then and then comes this period where um it most certainly wasn't rosy and it yeah. was hard. Um, however, it took a long time, but the world turned in my favour in so much as years later, the the kind of album that I had made with Affirmation, um, the same kind of thing emerged with Emily Sande releasing her debut album, which was very much in the same vein. It was just 12 years later. Mm, And I thought, okay, so what I was doing was cool. It was just too early. And that's just how it is sometimes. But you deal with it. You deal with it and you roll on. You have to have those moments in your career which which are challenging Mm -hmm. because then when things brighten up again, it it, it makes you a fuller artist, I think. Absolutely. It makes you a... You know? Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. I mean, I could just talk to you for forever. Uh, uh, just because you know, you're wonderful and we've we've had similar oh, similar experiences in in some aspects. Yes. And yeah. You you keep in you keep so many kind of plates spinning in do you have <laughs> do you have if you could kind of have a dream I mean you're so successful and have done so many amazing things already if this is there something you haven't done is there something you still think oh yeah I've done all these things but that's still there I still want to kind of scratch that itch or tick that box is there anything oh god so many things um I would love one day one day I would love to make an album that got a Grammy i.e it had that level of um of uh appreciation mm. attached to it that would be like oh my god i'd yeah. love that um but on the other side i 
I'd love to be in in your position and and be able to say yes Olivier's you know I'd <laughs> love to be able to that would be I haven't got an Olivier I'd love to get an Olivier. But it's coming it's oh. coming oh my god are you kidding oh. me it's so coming <laughs> you are you are like the most celebrated and lauded of everyone who's come out of the West End. Oh, thank you. Uh, that, is, that is without a shadow of a doubt. So I'm trying to catch up to where you're oh, at. Oh, <laughs> you know, That would be amazing for me. Well, it'd be great um, if we could do something together, yeah. wouldn't it? That would be amazing. Yes. That would be Bring amazing. it. Oh. <laughs> that would be great. Before we say goodbye to Bev, I wanted to ask her one final question. If she could look back on her 20-year-old self or anyone young and up-and-coming in this industry, when things get tough, how would you keep calm and carry on? Don't be so bloody serious. <laughs> I was so serious so about everything. I was so like, oh, my music is everything and mm, I must be taken seriously. And <laughs> Enjoy it. That's so, yeah. Enjoy it. Because the joy of what we do, what we put out there, have some of that joy for yourself. Mm. You're right, you're right. We spend so much time moving on, don't we? We should just appreciate the moment. (laughs) Sit in that moment and say, my God, I've done this, I've done that. Wow, this is incredible. And then keep it moving, you know? Enjoy every single moment. I think now more than ever, while we're in this strange period which they'll talk about in hundreds of years to come you know we have time now to take stock of who we are and what we are and our place in life and you and I and so many other people out there who do theatre we're the joy givers you know (laughs) I like that (laughs) And, and and we need to just to receive a little bit of that joy back as well because it keeps us going in order to still keep giving joy. It's so important. And that's what I'd tell 20-year-old me. Damn it, lighten up, Bev. (laughs) (laughs) Bev, you've been amazing. What an absolute joy to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Thank you. See you soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. I hope you've got something from this that stays with you or helps you on your journey. Please don't forget to subscribe and maybe even leave us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast Store.